Peloton is gifting you their best offer of the season. Get up to $600 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that is right for you with accessories ranging from cycling shoes to non-slip grip dumbbells and more. Whether you have 10 minutes to spare for a strength class or 30 minutes for a running or cycling class, there's a workout that works for you with music that is truly iconic. So don't miss out on Peloton's best offer of the season. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 6, 2022. Excludes bike, bike plus, and tread basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. This is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, June 4th, 2021. We made it, everyone. It's a relevant podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me, alive and well, from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, speaker, and Washington Post feature <laughs> topic, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. We'll get back to that in a second. And from Nashville, Tennessee, the newest white member of the cast, uh, artist, producer, <laughs> mogul, Derek Miner. Yeehaw! <laughs> exactly. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. You survived. If you, if you heard last week's, if you heard last week's podcast, you know that this past week, Jay, Jesse, Derek, and I joined other friends in an area in a like a, a part of Wyoming where there's no cell coverage, and we spent a week yeah. doing as Derek kept pointing out all week long, white people things. So yes. uh, Derek is now officially one of us. <laughs> Because I, he is- I, I, I'm with y'all, baby. Hey, <laughs> did you jump over any fireworks? That's what I need to know. No, it's I told illegal. y'all I wasn't gonna do that, Jamie. I told y'all I wasn't gonna do it. I don't care if it was legal. Did and- all the other white people do it? Nah, well, no, they couldn't find no fireworks. Oh. Yeah. It was a the Montana grace, The grace of God. The grace, the grace of God. Of God. Hey, won't he do it? <laughs> won't he do it? <laughs> I will say this. Derek was embracing activities that I feel like were normally, Derek, probably a little... Um, a little sketchy for your liking. At one point, at one point, me, Derek, and I think it was three other people had heard about this entrance to an abandoned gold mine, and we're oh, like, "Well, gosh. that sounds like that sounds like a Scooby Doo adventure." And so <laughs> we hiked for probably forty five minutes um, up through, a mountain. Yeah, up no. a mountain, and if we were like jumping through rivers and stuff. Okay, this was this was a remote gold mine. And sure. we got right to the, well, we, ha- okay, this is true. We passed the sign on. Well, okay. First thing we do is we're, we had to hop a barbed wire fence <laughs> and there is on the, on the ground, bleached bone, bleached white bones of something nope. like that was our first warning sign nope. of like, yeah, this may sure. be the first act of a horror movie. Like we're, yep. we're into the trail and we find bones that should have been an ominous sign. Right. Then we get and there's this old handmade sign that's like an arrow that way that says that way to Purgatory Gulch. Okay, uh-huh. if Purgatory Gulch what? doesn't sound like the Straight location up. of like numerous murders over the last numerous. hundred years. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know what are. So I mean, that was our first two warning signs. But Purgatory we did Gulch is either from either from like Tombstone or Adventures in Odyssey. It's, it's like there's Goonies. no in between. Yeah. yeah, or I guess Goonies. Okay, Goonies, Purgatory Gulch. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, but or, we made it. We made it Jason, all the way. 
Voorhees, Friday the 13th. <laughs> we made it all the way to the entrance of the gold mine. And as we were about to go in, we saw what looked like uh, a fresh campfire right there in the entranceway. Um, the smell of possibly illicit substances emanating from the mine. Mm. No, don't, then, forget the bear, don't forget the bear poop on the way up there. Oh, and there was, yeah, it. lots of, there was bear poop the whole way. It, it, every warning sign we could have had that this was a bad idea, we got. But you know what? We, we survived and it was, it was quite the adventure. Sure. You and know, but you, you know, that, my whole Wyoming's thoughts were y'all know how scary movies start off with black the, guy the one right. expendable black guy gets killed. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, how do I leave these guys in the woods if things go awry? You know what I mean? And there's really no way. Like it's just thick brush everywhere, you know. So <laughs> there was, usually uh, is that one person though that they just leave behind. Like, I'm out, mm-hmm. like we're not coming back for him. Or he sacrifices himself. You sacrifices know? himself. If the bear's chasing a group of guys, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just yeah, have to be, be faster than one of the other guys. That's so, good. Right. Yep. You know, you know. I, I think, yeah, Derek, I, I don't know how you're feeling. I went on a hike on a different mountain looking for a, a mine shaft, and we went straight <laughs> up the side of the mountain. We went up. It was over a thousand feet, and it was like, I mean, literally like I'm standing up and my hands are on the ground you know what i'm saying no it was that steep and we went up a thousand feet that way i live at sea level i'm not in (laughs) tip-top shape and this was we started at 7300 feet and we ended at 8300 feet looking for a mine shaft i about died did this expose to y'all that you're in pandemic shape because for me it did i'm in i'm in (laughs) pandemic shape i mean i'm not gonna lie Five minutes into the 45 minutes, I'm like, all right, I need to turn around because, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't really done this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And we're at an elevation that is just it's hard to breathe. I'm like, I don't know Dude, how I, people breathe 8000 feet in the in the air. Like, it's just I don't I don't get it. But man, I don't get like altitude sick. Like when, when I stay places that high, but I did not prepare for going up the side of a mountain. How little <laughs> oxygen I was breathing in. One of the other guys who was an accomplished climber had to teach me how to breathe. Like I was like, literally, oh, yeah. he was like, no, you got to breathe like this, not like that. I'm like, I'm breathing. I'm just trying to breathe. You know, <laughs> you have to breathe differently up there. You're like, I'm just from Orlando. I live at zero. <laughs> I live at literally zero sea level. Sorry. Well, not only that, not only the altitude and just like, uh, you know, the, the difficult that brings to Derek's point. Well, all of us are just now putting on something other than sweatpants for the first time in like 14 months. Okay. (laughs) To say, to say, okay, I'm coming out of a global pandemic where (laughs) a lot of it, you know, was basically just a war of attrition against me and a waist and elastic waistband, right? Like that was most of the pandemic. Like who's going to make it, who's going to make it out of this pandemic is the one that's comfortable in the sweatpants the longest, you know, that, that can just ride this thing out in their house eating gummy bears you're you're really going from you know the frying pan to the fryer here w- yeah. when when you're when you're throwing yourselves on top of a mountain Be- because much less do, do none of us have any experience in altitude or rock climbing or hiking we've all been sitting around doing nothing for yeah. for quite quite a bit of time here and it was a real shock to the system to that, yeah, to i'm glad y'all all made it out alive me too. Yeah, we do too. And uh, what's cool about today's show is coming up later, our our guest to this week is one of our favorite artists and author. He has a new project coming out. He's a book coming out this in a few days. 
uh, Propaganda. Propaganda is joining us. He also was on our trip. So he survived as well. He did. He's well, a vet though, man. He's yeah, Prop is he's a he is our veteran. He is he is the uh the black delegates white uh ambassador. You know what I mean? Like every time I see him, he's in like I'm like he's like, Yeah, I was just meeting with uh the guy from, you know, some crazy company I've I'm like, Why are you there? You're a rapper, but like bro, like prop he's our ambassador, man. Like anytime we got an issue. Send in prop. Send prop on up. Or, you know, <laughs> tell, tell, the, tell the truth, though, Derek. Tell the truth. You, you've been watching prop come for a few years. Yeah. And he's invited you and you've yeah. been skeptical. Some yeah. of your other friends have been skeptical. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know why you're riding horses and stuff. Yeah. And, and then you came. Yeah. And you went all in. It was fun. And you're coming back, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pulling up. Exactly. Listen, See? look. Prop knows. When I touched down, I got a cowboy hat off the rip. Like that was just, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> off did. the rip. Now I can't find it for nothing. So whoever, you know what I'm saying? Jesse said he lost an iPod. So whoever, uh -oh. you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or AirPod. So, AirPod. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so whoever, single AirPod. whoever took his AirPod probably got my, my hat. So, so there's some cowboy out there with a new hat and one AirPod. You know what I'm saying? But you hey, know, I did year that. I left an Apple watch. So oh, there's man. somebody just, just styled. I need right the now. women's <laughs> version of this trip. When can, when can we get that together is what I'm talking about. Uh, they have them in the, uh, they have women's trips. We we okay. So if y'all are listening, we we uh, there's this organization called Refuge, and it's uh, they just want to serve Christian leaders. They want to keep keep you in the game. You know, they know that leadership and ministry is hard, and a lot of times people in these positions don't have friends, and so they gather you with no agenda, and you relax, and they just serve and love on you and give you adventure, and it is awesome. It's life changing. I've been going Refuge. For years. Call and your girl Jamie. Refuge. Refuge Foundation and they have they have women's trips, Jamie. So Same here's thing. the only thing I'm gonna say is just make sure that you pack some vegetables because they're not gonna cook no vegetables. <laughs> like it's just gonna be it's true. gonna be steak, it's gonna be bison, chicken. Uh -huh. But I think I probably ate uh one and a half vegetables the whole time I was up there. You know, but I Did guess you, you know it's Wyoming, you know. They had plenty of vegetables. They had mac and cheese and cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, there was one meal where there, we had steak. And then people had donuts. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well. That's true. That's a food coma. Pack your own vegetables. It's B B Y O B. B Y O V. Bring your own vegetables. <laughs> That's true. That is funny. Um, uh, so in addition to prop coming up, we also, for our quarter life segment, which we only have a couple left in this series, uh, we are joined by uh, mental health expert and psychologist, Dr. Peace Amadi. She joins us to talk about navigating anxiety with faith. And big announcement, big show. We are so excited. On Monday morning, we release the summer issue of Relevant. And you, early adopter listeners, get to hear a preview before it releases about what's in the issue. It's not just here's a list of articles. There's news in this segment. There is a big announcement in this segment. We're very excited for you to, I don't know. I'm very excited for you to hear about the summer issue of Relevant. Stay tuned for that for sure. We also have Relevant News, our quarter life conversation. But right now, stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices. Can't be racing to no early grave, I'm 
cool with just patience. I could drop at any given time, I'm holding my aces. I see disappointment all in their faces. The turtles still cross the finish line. We done break the bar so many times, it's only right they give me mine. You're listening to. Lil Baby and Kirk Franklin. The song is We Win. It's from the upcoming Space Jam, a new legacy soundtrack. I know you heard it a week or two ago when we talked about it on the show on Relevant News, but I don't care. We're playing it in the break, too. So there you go. We Win. Lil Baby and Kirk Franklin. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, it's time for Slices. What do you got, Jesse? Well, my story comes to us from the venerated newspaper, the Washington Post, and it's about this beautiful, diverse, amazing (laughs) family. Yes. That is really shaking things up. And what a slice (laughs) this is. Yeah, yeah. Um, What a slice. You know, I started reading this. I'm like, man, (laughs) one of the the matriarch of this family seems very familiar to me. (laughs) Like, I can almost pin down her voice. Fascinating piece. I, you know, I encourage everyone to read it. There's a family in Austin, Texas, doing some amazing things and really causes some trouble in the SBC. So... (laughs) What a slice. Don't get me in trouble, Jesse. I I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, and I apologize for not circling back, Jamie. But yeah, this week, a a few days ago, as you're hearing this, uh, the Ivy family was featured uh, in the Washington Post. Jamie, tell us about the article and your experience. Yeah, so Sarah reached the the journalist reached out early May, and I've had other people reach out like, "Hey, we want it," and I'm like, "Nope, that's not what I'm doing." But I really liked her, and I trusted her for some weird reason. And we no, spent no, no, she's great. She's I le- she's like her. Like Aaron, and I said yeah. last night, we like yeah, yeah. her. Um, yeah. And so we spent hours on the phone talking. She came down and spent a weekend with our family, uh, and then she wrote this article, and I'm proud of it. I think she represented our family well. I think you know. There has been a little bit of pushback from some people about a few things. But what, what about? No, what about specifically? Uh, I think the pushback from people who are like diehard Southern Baptists. I said in there, I don't consider myself a Southern Baptist. I go to Southern Baptist Church. Like I would, I would ascribe to the Baptist faith the message, but I don't see the world through that lens. Like I see the world through a, a biblical worldview. Like I don't think like, oh, is this a Southern Baptist thing? And so I think that can be hard to read. She calls me a preacher a lot. But don't you think the Southern Baptists think that they see the world through some biblical worldview? I hope so. Yeah, for sure. But I think that could just be like, oh, wait, are you or are you not? I think that would be the question. Uh, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, are you saying you're saying you're not tribal in the sense that you, yeah. you're not going to hold? Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. not tribal. But, I mean, you're I like, attend, hey, if, yeah. I attend a Southern Baptist church. So it's not like I'm like, I, you know, uh, she calls me a preacher a lot in there, which I think Ooh, everyone should preach the goodness of Jesus. I don't think that is a title of a church. Uh, you know, I don't know. It was, I talk about CRT, which can be a little push, little, little stressful for some people. I'm proud of it. And I stand by everything I said. So how Good. do you feel your family is represented? I think they're represented great. Like she captured the personality of my kids. Um, I'm so proud of them. You know, we talked about politics in there a little bit. My son Deacon made like the most profound statement. I was like, dude, this is your quote. He said he's so glad to see Trump out of power because it made he made it okay to say racist things. And I was like, 
Mm. Dude, that's profound from a 15-year-old kid. So I was proud of my family. That's awesome. We're proud of your family, too. My question is, are you going to frame this whole piece and hang it on the wall like when i go into like when it you know like that a restaurant in town and they got yeah, spotlighted mm-hmm. in the newspaper and they're very proud and that that hangs in one of those cool fr- i got i got a, one kind of behind yeah. me that's from uh-huh. a magazine yeah are you going to do the whole frame thing because i, I feel hadn't like thought look, about it look the washington post i would put that on a, on a short list of the most important newspapers you know probably in the world so no lie. Wow. I, i'd probably put it on you know if you had to narrow it down to like 20 newspapers washington yeah. post would certainly be one of them so it's a big yeah. deal would, would you you know are you going to get the big frame thing right in the right in the entryway Jesse, I hadn't even thought about it, but now maybe I should. You're, I don't know. You're going to you get an unsolicited it. email from framing companies. I'm telling you this <laughs> for a fact. They're going to see it oh, and they're really? going to offer you the opportunity to frame it for only 200 something dollars. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, just okay. FYI. You say only $200? You better take that thing to Hobby Lobby. That's right. August August sale, was, 50% I was saying off. only. Yeah. I was saying only with the quotes. Yeah. It's always like some exorbitant price. because. But I mean, think about it. They're going around. They're like, hey, you got covered. We can frame it for you. Yeah. So oh, you're awesome. Then, yeah. 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 Ja- Jamie, I think it'd be a very Hobby nice. Hobby Lobby. <laughs> I think it'd be a very nice gesture for you and your family. I know for me. You know, one time my mom, when I first got my big piece in the student newspaper, which was a story about a drive through subway restaurant that opened near campus, you know, it was a pretty big deal to get that framed. It was a big, it was a big piece. It was some hard hitting journalism, a drive through subway. Believe it or not, folks, the future is now and it's I just it. a couple blocks off campus. So go over there and get that $5 foot long. <laughs> without even leaving your car. What a world. There we you live go. In. What a world. What a world. What a world. Well, framed yeah. for eternity. Okay. What's your actual slice, Jesse? <laughs> okay. My actual slice <laughs> is about the is for, comes from us from the world of art. Okay. I'm not I know a lot of people uh y- you know like to invest in art and you know NFTs are having a moment. These, you know, I don't know. I, here's my problem with NFTs personally, guys. I like fungible tokens. They're kind of doing the non-fungible things. I like yeah, my tokens yeah. to be fungible. You're, okay. When I think of Jesse Carey, I think fungible all <laughs> yeah. the time. Yeah. I had really been banking hard on fungible tokens taking off. It's really bummer. That's non-fungible. <laughs> but uh, we all make bets in life. But the art world is kind of weird because value is assigned to something based on factors that are honestly pretty hard to determine. There's a really great... Um, documentary on netflix right now uh the thanks to the algorithms for throwing it in front of my home screen all the time called uh i think it's called now you see me or um but it's about the it's about how easy it is or how proficient people are at forging master works of art but that leads to a really interesting question is if someone is in possession of a piece of artwork that is actually a forgery of a real piece of artwork, but the person who owns that piece doesn't know the difference and gets the same sort of satisfaction from viewing that piece of art and the same sort of like enlightenment that the true masterpiece uh, would would be able to, to give them, what's really the difference? If it would take... If it would take an expert eye to really understand the difference between a piece of a masterwork and a forgery, is there anything materially different about them other or does that at that point just become a commodity? Like is it is art for the sake of art 
even you know even worth anything because the the value we assign to it has to do ultimately with scarcity not necessarily the aesthetic value there's all kinds of really but, interesting but, but you're conflating two different things enjoyment and value and and you can enjoy something that is not valuable and appreciate it for what it is it, it, but that's different than the investor who actually does care about the quantifiable value of the asset. You know what I mean? It's two different things. So the person looking at the forgery or the print or the replication of an art piece, great. I have replicated art pieces in my home. I just think they're they're great pieces. I have a Matisse in my living room. That's not a real Matisse. Yeah, but even though they're they're separate issues, they're not totally disconnected because ultimately what the intrinsic value of that uh, original piece Ultimately, that value was derived because that artist was able to express something visually um, that was meaningful. Now, even if that expression could be replicated identically, uh, what started the value of it was what they were able to produce visually. So anyway, there's a lot of really interesting ideas when you really start to think about art. Um, and uh, there's an Italian artist named Salvatore Garou who recently unveiled um, a, a, a sculpture. And that sculpt- the sculpture actually ended up selling for $18,000. Now, here is why this sculpture that sold for $18,000 was, was so significant. It's because the sculpture is invisible. Um, the sculpture, what? according oh to the gosh. artist, is made of, <laughs> quote, air and spirit. Okay. So, this is dumb. This, hey, hey, I thought, hey, I thought I had never heard a more white thing. This is exactly, exactly. This, paying $18,000 for a visible thing. Derek, you, you can hey, say y'all it. got That's so a, much money, bro. That's just crazy. Somebody was like, I'm going to pay $18,000 for nothing. Bro. <laughs> well, there, I mean, there's like a square on the ground where the sculpture evidently sits. Uh, Sure it does. Oh and you're getting gosh. you get a certificate from the artist to tell you that you purchased the invisible sculpture. But here but here is how he he says that uh you know, I listen, when you get hear him talk about it, it all makes sense. Just trust okay. me. I appreciate okay? the ingenuity. It sounds like I a college would. kid Jesse Carey coming up with an idea. Yes. But anyway. Listen, guys, this will all make sense. Let me just let you, him <laughs> explain it. Make sense, Jesse, because right can, now it don't make listen, no when, sense. When he explains it, you see this isn't just some sort of weird grift that the you know this esoteric lunatic is trying to pass off on unsuspecting art people. You can tell he's thought about this. This totally mm-hmm. makes sense, guys. Just listen to his explanation. Okay. The vacuum is nothing more than the space full of energy. And even if we empty it, there's nothing left, according to the Heisenberg uncertainty principle that nothing has weight. Therefore, it has energy that is condensed and transformed into particles that into us is how we make the shape of God we've never seen. So, see, this is simple, oh my guys. Gosh. This totally makes sense. This and man has finessed all white Could people. Be. <laughs> this is what is a sculpture of God. A, a shape a god we've never seen. A, a lot of this doesn't make sense, guys. Okay? It's, listen. <laughs> what you need to know is that a famous artist did it, and that means it's worth money. Okay? Oh, my That's gosh. my point here. Is someone reasonably notable in this world just made this thing up, 
he put a price tag on it and that that made it worth value to me that is interest i will say this it is interesting comment commentary about art itself because Mm. if this artist can say the only reason this concept has value because i thought about it and i'm an artist and people have given me value then this idea and my execution of this idea has value because i'm an artist like it to me it kind of demonstrates not necessarily the hypocritical um, approach to art, but also how loosely we understand value as it pertains to specific works of art by specific artists. Listen, all that sounds really, really fine mm-hmm. and dandy, bro. You I, and I appreciate you going to bat for this dude, but the reality of it <laughs> yeah, is, me too. is he sold y'all? Me too. He sold these folks a block of concrete. For eighteen thousand dollars, because they ain't no sculpture. You gotta appreciate a piece of paper and a piece of paper. Yes, and a piece of paper. That's the finesse of all finesses. I feel like I'm in the wrong line of work. I'm about to put out an album with just nothing on it. Yeah, and just say, "What'd you say before, Derek? The the dollars are in the what? Your grandma told you." The, the, the riches are in the niches. The riches are in the niches. This is a niche riches right here. In, no, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is a finesse. This is a finesse. <laughs> all right, Jamie, what do you got? Okay, you guys, remember a couple weeks ago we played a game where we guessed all the Bibles? Right? Yeah. Remember that mm-hmm. game? And like, yeah. is this a real yeah. Bible? Is this mm-hmm. not a real Bible? Well, there is mm-hmm. a, this was in the post this last weekend uh, by my new favorite religion uh, journalist, Sarah Bailey, that says- like, are you a new subscriber now or are you just going to be promoting- I'm a new subscriber now. Let me tell Washington you. Watching post articles. Right. No, okay. So there is a new Bible coming out. It's supposed to launch uh, September 11th to commemorate the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And it is called the God Bless the USA Bible. All right. And within this Bible, it includes the U.S. Constitution and the Pledge of Allegiance inside of the Bible. This is a true story. Whoa. Right. All righty. Okay. So it also, it goes a little step further. It includes lyrics by, you know, our favorite Lee Greenwood. God bless the USA. God bless the USA. God bless the USA. And only the USA. It is using historic King James. Canadians. (laughs) It is in only the KJV. We want, yeah, God, we want all the blessings. Is it only KJV? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And right now they have about 600 pre-orders for $49.99 and it will ship to you in September. Run it up. How many pre-orders? 600. I'm finna oh, go okay. pre-order mine right <laughs> 600. now, buddy. So I was gonna say I just sold some some great invisible artwork, so I'm yeah, you yeah, know I can afford it. I got yeah. some money, man. Okay, so this is what the guy says. Are you ready for this? This is um, Kirkpatrick. His name I can't remember his first name, but he leads the people who are processing the printing of this. This is what he says. This is his quote. What we're trying to do is show children who aren't being taught about these things how these things came together. At the bottom line, it was just to let future generations know how this thing called America started. Why did they lean on it? What influence did they have at that time about the Bible? Um, And so this is happening, you guys. This is happening. I love I love that. It's like we need we need to show school children how this country came together. Right. First by telling them about Abraham and then telling them <laughs> about George Washington. You know what I mean? Like it, it, the, the conflation. Like why do you want I, I, I it's it's baffling to me other than just this being a corny marketing ploy, which, you know, 
the whole the whole idea of how can we market and sell Bibles is you know we can just put a pin in that because that's a, a I mean I was just say are, are any of these themed ones just a marketing ploy to sell more I mean you know what I mean I, I, yeah. I mean and that's a whole nother you know commodifying the packaging of the gospel is right. is an interesting potentially problematic idea when you kind of start going too far down that road. But yeah. the idea of conflating American values with the gospel, it, it, you know, uh, there, uh, you know, beyond just kind of this, the whole conversation happening right now about the dangers of nationalism and Christian nationalism in particular, it, it also, it completely ignores the dissidence between those American values and the values of the gospel. Then that's not an indictment on American values. It's just an objective. It's objectively saying like the Bible says, you know, if, if someone, if you're being robbed of your coat, you better make sure you give them all the rest of your clothes too. It doesn't say stand your ground, right? Like the, the Bible says it's easier for, uh, 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 a camel to pass through the eye of an evil eye of the needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. America says, go get yours. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, I'm not making an indictment on the values, but I'm just saying, ignoring the dissonant, even the pledge of the pledge, you can make, you can make a case that the pledge of allegiance is unbiblical because we're not called to pledge our allegiance to a flag. We're called to pledge our allegiance to a God and his kingdom. And so ignoring the dissidents, I feel like is very difficult. It's very problematic because it under, it undercuts the edge of the gospel. The gospel has an edge. It's good news, but it's still sharp. Well, it also not only does it undercut the new, the gospel, it also undercuts that we're saying, like, if you're putting the Bible and the U.S. Constitution together, one, as Christians, we believe is the inspired word of God. And then you're putting the Constitution on it on top on top of that. And people would assume like, oh, this must be an inspired word from God as well, which could is ludicrous and could not be further from the truth. Um, but yeah. And so we're already dealing with Christian nationalism in our country. And now we've got a Bible that also has the Constitution in it. And Jesse, I was at an event one time and didn't put my hand over my heart for the pledge over for the national anthem because I don't because I don't pledge my allegiance to anyone but Jesus. And someone called me out and told me I was being disrespectful to our troops who had fought for our country. And I said, well, I pledge my allegiance to Jesus. Hey, you know what? You know what? They, though, you know, that person, that person would have bowed to the king and and not gotten thrown into the lion's den and or the, the fiery like, furnace. The fire furnace. Mm-hmm. That, that, per, that person would have that person would have just gone with the, the people. Hey, Don't and you worry know what? You stood up. There's hey, another person day, in that fire point? with me. There's another person in that fire. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You, you go in that fire, Jamie. Real talk. I, I think it's actually very, very valuable for people to uh, become intimately familiar with the founding documents. Like, I think that is a valuable exercise. You look at you look at attacks on modern democracy. If people had more, you know, knowledge of and even reverent, I think even you can be reverential about some of the founding documents that are meant to protect certain rights. I think that's a good, positive thing. And I think I think, you know, anyone who's a citizen of this country and it subjects themselves to those values in the Constitution, I think it's a a valuable exercise to become familiar with them and know how you can defend them. But to conflate them with the the gospel, that's when things get dangerous. And to equate equate them like these are equal things. That's a a no go. All right. What do you got, Derek? Yeah. So, you know. 
there's a big push for the vaccines. A lot of America mm-hmm. is vaccinated, but we still got people, you know what I'm saying, that's holding out, still people that's mm-hmm. holding out. So we got to incentivize that, you know what I mean? Okay. And what's happening right now, like, you know, in Ohio, they got a raffle. You can get uh, you can get in the lottery for a million dollars. West Virginia what? just, yeah, you, you can get a lottery Didn't a for a million. teenager just win a lot of money? Are you serious? If you, you can get in a raffle to win $1 million for sure. West Virginia just up the ante. They said they're gonna give you a assault rifle or some <gasps> shotguns. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. My bad. It's not assault rifle. I'm sorry. Not assault rifle. Hunting rifles. It's a raffle, or everybody who gets one. No, it's, gets a, no, raffle. it's a raffle. It's a raffle. Oh, okay. So they're giving All away, right. f- I think, five shotguns and five five hunting rifles and five shotguns. On top of that, then, but it's not just that. It's not. They're not just doing that. Like, man, it's this almost made me want to go. <laughs> To West Virginia, West Virginia. <laughs> because the lottery will also give one resident a million dollars. Okay. And then they're going to give a full ride scholarship to somebody. What? A custom truck to somebody. West and Virginia, lifetime kind of hunting and fishing license. Wow. So they, and they own a full court press. Yeah. For the <laughs> yeah, vaccination. Like, so in my opinion, if all of West Virginia is not vaccinated with that level of prizes, then right. West Virginians are, they different. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, Meanwhile, yeah. in Florida, our governor's like, man. Well, hey, listen, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, hey, I'm gonna sweeten the deal. I'm gonna sweeten the deal. Okay. You gonna add another prize, Jesse? Listen up. I got this, pe- I got this sculpture I'm working on Shut forever. Up. You're stupid. <laughs> approximate stupid. value, approximate value, $20,000. Okay. It, so is, it is an image of God reading the Constitution. It's unbelievable. Okay. It is God coming through the Constitution. Now, it is invisible. I will say this it is invisible and uh you know exists only in the quantum realm of my own consciousness but i do feel like if we want to get these west virginians over the line i'm willing to toss it in hey listen that could be incentive for any relevant podcast listener they could just send in an email saying we got vaccinated jesse you could pick a name and send them your invisible sculpture i like it you could even make them personalized to each person i mean you know Mm -hmm. like whatever they Mm -hmm. like listen you can buy that and the nft and the (laughs) nft which is just a blank file And you don't right. even have to mail it. It just appears in, yeah. your, in your house. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to shoot it to you right now. <laughs> and I'm just like, bewitched. You know, just wiggle my nose. Oh, there you go. Look at that. Right in the foyer. God reading the Constitution. All right. That'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned up next. Propaganda joins us. We are Man, culture. how you finna hate whatever God got planned? How I'm supposed to chase what I always We are culture. We are culture. city. Culture. Huh. What up, cuz? You got them loving your bubbling, throw with doves and doubling. <laughs> uh, what up, blood? You got them flying in just to say they've been up Hampton. <laughs> what up, homes? You originated teardrops on our faces. You're listening to our next guest, Propaganda, the DJ Malski. The song is We Are the Culture. Well, you know our next guest. Uh, Propaganda is an activist, uh, speaker. He was an educator at one point, and now he's a trailblazing hip-hop artist and poet. Um, he's a friend of the show. If uh, We've known him for years. He has a new book out uh, coming out on Tuesday, June 8th, called Terraform, Building a Better World. Uh, he looks at the ways in which our world is crumbling from pandemics to climate crises, social injustices to income equality. 
um, using the metaphor of terraforming, which is creating a livable world out of an inhospitable one. He shows us how we can begin to reshape our homes, friendships, communities, and politics. He also is doing a series of EPs. The first one is out uh, next month. The second one's coming. You don't want to miss that. Please welcome to the show our friend, Propaganda. Hey, man. He also let me beat him in dominoes my second hand. So, yeah, you know before, okay, before we get it, we're going to talk about the project. <laughs> but the listeners should know that Prop was with us on the trip that we were talking about in Wyoming. Yeah. West, West. Yeah, I remember that when I used to be on the show, I used to say West West, West all the time. West. Yeah, man. yeah, man. What's up, guys? What up, buddy? Hi. Tell us your thoughts about last week. Like any memories Dude. stand out to you? Any late night occurrences disappoint you? Any you know? I don't know how much y'all shared yet. We basically just said that Derek is an, uh, uh, he's an honorary white person after his after Look, his experiences is- last week. <laughs> There is, I've always said, you know, I've said it multiple times on this podcast. I have a varsity level, uh, you know, no credit line, infinite credit line, white card. Thanks, bro. I've often said that. <laughs> you, know, you are, you are the black ambassador said. to white people, for sure. Yeah. I am the Dude. black ambassador to white people. For sure. I mean, I can, we could talk about Sufjan Stevens and Wilco. Yep. And, you know. I can't even I, write none of them names. I don't even love I See, I know, I know what I'm talking about. I understand why y'all love Kelly Clarkson so much. I don't agree with it, but I understand why you do. It's just white stuff. So... I was excited. It's good for my soul sometimes to be just like a fish out of water, you know, not try to be cool guys. So I enjoy these trips um, for that. And it's an excuse to like, you know, sit up under uh, Jesse and, and, and Cameron, who I admire so deeply to be uh, sitting next to them. And this time I was able to bring a black friend and <laughs> my black friend was the blackest we walked in when we walked in and there was a stuffed bobcat right in like taxidermy giant life-size bobcat Derek just looked at me and he goes oh boy oh boy yeah, yeah. hey bro when y'all Yo. went to sleep y'all don't know this man I walked around Looking, I'm looking at these bobcats. I'm like, man, what is these folks that got me into, man? Like, I, run, I, 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 kept, I kept trying to be like, listen, I've been here. They they not going to eat us. I promise you. That's just what they into. I'm telling you, that's just what they into. Like, I would never bring the homie to something. It's like I'm recruiting for Get Out. Like, that's I would never exactly do that. exactly what it sounds like. But, but, but the other thing about Prop 2... You know, Derek, we, we talked into going on mountain climbing or, you know, climbing up in the mountains. Prop, props to having none of that. Props chilling in this thing. I think, yeah. mm-hmm. I think the most, I, I, you rode a horse at one point, but for the most part, for prop is, is, is holding court by the campfire, making coffees. He's not, he's not dealing. He's not jumping over bear poop, you know, on his no. way to purgatory gulch. You know, no. prop prop is really embracing no, the spirit my relationship, of this thing. Yeah. yeah, my relationship with outside is very uh, clear and defined. I I enjoy it. I'm just not going to take it on. There right. You know, so it's very simple to me. I don't I don't camp. I feel like why would I why would I leave my perfectly good inside to construct a subpar inside yep, while yep. I'm outside? Right. That's ridiculous. Like the, the the Neanderthals figured out that it was better to be inside than outside. So why would I go backwards? So but that said, I enjoy 
sitting outside you know right. i still breathe oxygen trees are beautiful the sound of a babbling brook is relaxing and it was great now jesse in my defense when y'all say y'all was going on a hike i didn't know we was going on that kind of hike i'm thinking <laughs> it's like a green way you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like like right along hike. the side. Yeah, like a Nashville hike. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm, thinking that's what we, I'm thinking that's what we going on. When we crossed over the river, I'm like, oh, this is a hike hike. You know what I'm saying? Like this like like Lewis and Clark. This is like a secret tunnel that like led to a uh, paved. Uh... Bruh, I'm thinking that the mine is on the side of the mountain and we hike into the mine that's on the side, cut into the side of the mountain. I'm not thinking you got to go up a mountain, cross Listen several creeks. And all the different so that I I got white bamboozled in this situation. Yes, you know you what I'm saying? Yes, because y'all left out all them different details about this hike. You feel what I'm saying? So as soon as they put on them boots, I was like, yeah, nah, right. I'm not going. You know what I'm saying? So y'all didn't get the signals because I, you know, I'm nah. new to this. You know what I'm saying? So like, Derek's wearing wearing vans. Oh, yeah, I got some vans, and my man's like, I look at that boy's feet. <laughs> and I tried to flash him a cup of coffee like sure you don't want another cup of coffee brother I'm not gonna tell you right, what so to do. like that's but what listen. I'm saying like I'm saying y'all bamboozled me for sure because hey. hikes for them see to me the ground is horizontal exactly for them the ground vertical so I'm like I'm not going on no vertical hike with y'all and we already 7,000 feet you know above sea level so then my pride kicked in because we had we we walking up the mountain and you know what I'm saying I'm looking up first off I'm deathly afraid of heights like no questions I'm, I do not mess with no heights but we get up there and I'm like he's like alright it's not that far and it's really really far so we get up there and all I see is right, all I see is is, is dead tree stumps, rocks and water below me. And, and so I got a question. I'm like, either I can, you know what I'm saying, cowboy up, you feel me, and there keep going. Go. Or I could turn around and say, y'all, I and you know, my pride Maybe. made me go all the way through bear poop. Uh, whatever hey. the, whoever was smoking weed in the mind, you know what I'm saying? White people see White people see a forest and they just channel they inner Odin. All of a sudden, everybody Nordic gods <laughs> and they ready to. <laughs> well, the other thing I miss, too, I, I miss I miss the the boot signal as well. Just FYI, uh, on my high moving up the, the side signal. of the mountain. I showed up in my Nikes oh, and, and they're yeah. looking. I literally they look at me and they're like. Those shoes? I think Jesse even commented. Yeah. I like those shoes, but are you sure? And I'm like, right. well, we're just walking. I mean, we're just. It, what are you talking about? I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, I'm on the side of the mountain. My hands are on the ground and I'm standing up fully. I'm trying to go up and I'm like, I'm on a treadmill because my shoes are like, you know, I'm carrying out all this stuff under me. They're and I'm done. looking down, Derek, like you. I'm going, I'm from Florida. <laughs> I mean, there's no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the other thing too. Every time, used to this. every time I look back, you know, you know, like all right, you know, we're gonna go oh, up here. Man. Derek's giving me this weird look, and I was like, hey, "What's going on?" He's like, oh, "I just didn't picture you to look like this." Like we talk every day on Zoom, and I feel like I was disorienting because I was probably yeah. four inches taller than he pictured. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a, hey at the airport. And, that is true at the look, airport. He's like, look. And like he kept looking at me weird. He kept looking. Derek kept looking at me weird half the hike, look. and I'm like, "Dude, we talk every week. You see my face on Zoom every week." <laughs> Those of you that don't know, but yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and clear this up because I'm sure I, so there's I'm some people that, that are experienced like, relevant I'm for the first yes, you are. time. Listen, no. when I first met, when I, I've only met Jesse via Zoom. Via yeah, I've never met Jesse thing. in person either. Jamie, when you meet him, he is 6'1", <laughs> 6'2". 
And Are you serious? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, he looked like he benched like three, four hundred pounds. Exactly. Like I would pick him up first, or like if we were picking basketball teams. Jesse would be first yeah. or second pick. Wow, no Derek, how tall are you? Because you're tall. Yeah, he's I'm six. Sir. I'm six two, six one, six one, six two ish. Yeah. So he's like my exact height. Jesse and I are sitting down having lunch at the airport. I'm texting Derek where we are. He shows up. We stand up to hug Derek, welcome him. And the first thing Derek says to Jesse is, whoa, you're a lot taller than I thought. And we're like, what? And he goes, I just thought you were like the funny short guy on the, on the show. I like, thought he was Seth Rogen. I thought he was Seth Rogen. I'm not going to on the trail. We got to worry about bear poop. We got to worry about sheer mountain faces. We got to worry about whatever's going on in that gold mine. And then Derek isn't convinced I haven't been body snatched the whole hike. <laughs> like he's, I'm just watching him crush this mountain. He's like, yeah. <sighs> <sighs> and that's like, his I'm second like, mountain. <laughs> Listen. First time I looked at Jesse, I saw the first time I saw him in person was at mm-hmm. one of these trips. And mm-hmm. my first thought was, this fool's gorgeous. <laughs> look, at this, <laughs> look at this man's body. That was my first thought. Uh-huh. And I was thinking the same thing. I was like, dang, he got that. Dang, he tall. Look at him, man. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to stand next to him. Guy. Keep your shirt on. I was, I was, shirt on. I was thoroughly. Exactly I did not right. get the. It's a impressed. pleasant, it's a pleasant surprise, though. It's like, yes. you know, it's like. You know, it's like they give you, you know, like, you know, you get those little boxes and you like for Christmas and you think it's going to be uh-huh. like some socks and it's an like Xbox or something like that's yeah. what it was. Oh, <laughs> hey. I, I'm just saying, Jesse, every, time gorgeous. Gorgeous. every time I look Jesse, back at Jesse, this Derek, is your day. Every time I look back at Derek, five, he, he looks like he's, he looks like he's like not totally sure that this isn't like a Mission Impossible situation <laughs> where this face is just going to be like ripped off me and I was tricking. Scooby-Doo. He's like, that can't yeah. be him. Yes. That can't be the guy that I know. <laughs> It's the opposite of Tom Cruise because I thought Tom Cruise was tall and then I found yeah. out Tom Cruise was really short. It's the opposite Little. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Listeners listeners are funny. I mean, social media has kind of changed it, but in the early years of the podcast, I mean, everybody was listening to us but had no clue what we looked like and you get a picture in your head yep. and then yeah. every time when they would finally see a picture of Jesse, nobody thought that that was Jesse. They were like, so there's funny. no way. I feel like That's I'm very truth. average and I don't feel like I'm that tall either. It was just, it's just, it was just odd seeing Derek being disoriented every time I, I speak. Yeah. You know, you are, you are as beautiful as John Tesh. You walk into a room wow. and you're Adonis wow. among men. You, wow. the, the yes. light just falls on you. Mm. Your hair <laughs> just blows. The angels the start breeze. singing. Mm-hmm. Me and Tash. All of a sudden, all of a sudden yeah. Kelly Clarkson just starts to pee. He's right. my fashion icon, anyway. too, is what a lot of people yes. don't realize. Now, let me, uh, th- let's let's transition a little bit. So the trip during the day, during the day, the trips are active. We're going to go do things. Yeah. We're going to fish. We're going to do other things. But then we have dinner and we have conversation. And the night just slows down. And then after the conversation, now it's nine, 10 o'clock. And some of us go play poker. Some of us go play dominoes. Some of us go outside by the fire pit and talk. Now, Prop over yes. the years has said he's going to own the bones table. He's going to teach yeah. some of these guys how to play and he's going to rule the court. Derek yeah. this year played bones for the first time, right? Or first real time. Well, I haven't first played real time. I'm so. And normally you're either a spades player or a dominoes player. I play nice. spades. That's my thing. Right. He's right. You know, prop is the domino guy. So I've played dominoes yes. once, maybe twice. For the most part, you know, I kind of been chilling, you know, and I'm like, all right, I'll play dominoes, you know, and, and, and I, I do what I do. 
I do what I do. You know what I'm saying? So Derek's playing for the first time. Prop is so proficient at dominoes. He has a lyric about it in one of his songs. Here it is. What up, Mars? You raising them kids. The definition is strong. Domino, Demilo, Pasale, Modelo. I'm finna school you in dominoes. Y'all can't call it. Y'all drip is Farrah Fawcett. I flip. I like to see him try to stop it. We ain't worried about y'all. Whatever y'all got in stores. Oh, yeah. That's... that's that's a profound lyric. Yeah, I rock with that. That's profound. So that so you okay, if if you love something so much, if you love something so much you're going to put a lyric about your proficiency at that thing in your music, you yes. own this thing. This is your thing. Derek sits down at the table, another dude who's just learning sits down at the table, me, prop. Derek, tell us who won most of the games that night, please. Uh-oh. I'm trying to remember. I think so who won the first one? I think it I was Cameron. Was it Cameron? Yeah, I won a couple, but but you really can Cam- Cam- Cameron was going nope. in like you Cameron know I think pro- I think prop you got you probably like one for ten though, bro. <laughs> 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 okay, this is how, okay, this is like I, I'll go ahead and let this, this is say my comments to the no, end. No, no, this is true. <laughs> this is true. At, at some point, like I was scoping it. I have a hard rule. I don't do arithmetic on vacations. I don't do dominoes. Like I'm shutting, I don't, I don't do I don't do recreational math. Okay, I just don't do it. So dominoes are my thing. But I I saw that Derek beat prop that you know master mm-hmm. and Second guru game in. master or or or, or like My second student, game man we gotta make sure second, second game. student beat the master and Derek it, it, and I can tell for the way props walking away from the table that he's a little irritated about this situation I yeah. was about to say something I was about to yo prop what happened man I thought you were good at that mm-hmm. I almost I almost you know threw a little Match on the fire. Someone put his hand on my chest. It's like, hey, not now, man. Not now. Not now. Him, <laughs> him, the thing about Derek is Derek is a professional trash talker. Absolutely. You can't really give him an inch. No. That no. said, no. That said, I would have I was like, I'm gonna find it very entertaining if Derek actually cuts loose around all these men. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. part of me it somewhere in my soul was like, I am I kinda wanna lay this down because I wanna see him get hot. You Derek, know, do you believe uh, this at all? Do no. you believe this? That he said you that's for me, I feel like I just won. You know what I'm saying? That's you won saying. the game. No, listen, now listen. Anybody who's a dominologist, and I don't know how many of your listeners are, but there's some people that are that are dominologists. Mm-hmm. You understand that like it's hard to play with somebody that's playing random because mm-hmm. you can't really random. get no you can't really get no strategy in. And then secondly, it's hard to play the way you want to play when you're kind of also teaching. Right. True. You know? I give you all that. So facts. Yeah. So I'm I'm teaching as I'm playing. Now I'm not playing soft. It's just like if you coach in a game, it's like I'm I'm you're you're playing. I'm not letting you win. Right. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm not letting you win. Mm-hmm. Like, so they won the games. But mm-hmm. y'all understand. So you're putting on asterisk. I taught all three of the players how to play. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, my focus is on making sure that the mm-hmm. whole game works rather than putting the smack down on. Now, if it was okay. just me and Cameron, who uh-huh. I, I taught which him three years been. ago. Which it has been. That's right. Yeah. Which it has been. He's yeah. beat me a few times. That's right. But I mopped the floor with Cameron. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. I'll win one out of three if it's me and prop heads up. Now, one out if, of three. now next year, I'm done teaching. So, <laughs> you're on your own. So it's different. Yeah. You know what hey, I'm hey, hey, who? Okay. Of all the games we played, many multiple nights, 
only one person slams dominoes down, calls out a score, and you look down, and it was totally oh, that wrong. Was and that was prop. That was so, you know, and prop, like, when I pointed it out, when I caught it, I'm like, prop, that don't match up. And he was like, the look on his face, he's like, seriously, I would have been kicked off the table if this was... They like, would have he was mortified. In my, defense, in my defense, it was my birthday, and I had a lot of milkshakes. Yeah, we had some milkshakes for sure. Had some milkshakes, and it was my birthday. Had a lot of milkshakes. Happy milkshakes. birthday! Yeah, old fashioned milkshakes. Some good old fashioned milkshakes. They were just old milkshakes. Prob celebrated his birthday right that day. He just randomly, by the way, we're just we're in a van or we're in some SUVs and we're heading over to another ranch and we're gonna do some you know hang out do some stuff and just casually in the back seat probs like oh guys by the way it's my birthday today and we're like what right, like what? how do you not mention it and it's like midday yeah. he's just like midday I was just, all day whether to say something yeah and so after and that like, after that we yeah. went all in for props birthday no matter what happened hey it's props birthday we're celebrating props <laughs> absolutely birthday. yeah we all in, who with me is all in No outsider, everybody all in You guessed it, whole crowd is a guest list I suggest you relax when Cali native get restless I know different cause I was shown different But the truth is I am no different We move as a unit, whole planet's the movement If y'all ain't here with us, then it ain't worth doing it It's unison, Nubian, Sufian I ain't choose sides, I won't disturb the groove Tell us about the new project, it's really exciting man Tell us about the book, it's coming out on Tuesday Tell us the story behind it. Yeah, so the book is called Terraform, Building a Livable World. Um, It's crazy because this last trip, you know, 2019, everything fell apart. Label transition, management dipped, Fecto passed away, you know, all these different things happened. And it was like, okay, here's my, I have to start over, you know. Um, this is when me and Derek did our first EP and new management was just kind of asking me like, Hey, what do you want to talk about for the next 10 years? And mm. I thought to myself, this word, this phrase terraform, um, mm. you know, science fiction nerds, like you did, it said in the, in the beginning, it's the idea of like finding a distant planet and making it livable. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't know if you've been paying attention. <laughs> Earth is getting less and less livable, you know? Sheesh. So, so I thought this, so I wrapped this idea of, uh, this different types of poetry and short, uh, short essays into this one book that kind of carries us through this idea of terraforming Earth and, and not only Earth, but our own lives, our own communities, our own selves, like in our own inner worlds. And, um, it's kind of got four, sort of uh at, it's kind of done in four acts which are the names of the musical ep so the one that's already out is terraform the people right um and then there's so there's so there's three more so there's terraform the sky the soil and then the people and then the possibility uh so yeah that's sort of the um the way for which i'm trying to like carry the book and the poetry through um, and it's also the the titles of each of these EPs. Uh, so, like I said, you've already heard Terraform the People. Um, and coming up next is Terraform the Sky. Do you have the book with you? Could you read us one of your I favorite do. excerpts? Could oh, you man. read us a passage? Okay. And I, I get the pleasure it. of um, mixing and mastering these projects. And when I ah. tell you all these projects are amazing, like they're crazy. Mm. So, like everything he has is is insane. Oh, side note: after the book drops. Sunday, 
June 13th. We're having a pop-up in Nashville. So all of my relevant Nashville people, come out, get your book signed. Also, my wife is, uh, we're doing a pop-up. She's baking cupcakes, all different things. So we're doing it at Subculture Cafe in Antioch, Tennessee. Oh, Subculture. Yeah, Subculture Cafe. You're not going to believe this. I'm going to be in Nashville on June 13th. Oh, you got to put, also now it's me, Jamie, and Prop. You got to come through. Oh my gosh, I'm coming. yeah, come to the, come to the pop up. Aaron and Story and the kids. <laughs> no, just me. <laughs> but dang it, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pull yeah, up. I slept. <laughs> They're the best. For, for but... South by Southwest, Story <laughs> gave up her bed for me to. Oh, I slept in the house. house. Yeah, <laughs> I slept in the house with South by. It was Story's bed. When she when I left, she was like, "You slept in my bed." I was like, "I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry." <laughs> All right. Yeah, June thirteenth. Y'all got to pull up. It's gonna be great. Yeah. So here's a. Uh, a lot of the 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 book kind of each chapter kind of starts with what I'm what I'm calling little shooters. Mm-hmm. So they're little like little line poetry pieces, and I'll read one uh, that starts the first chapter, Mission of Mars. You had some shooters on your birthday. I did have some shooters on my birthday. <laughs> milkshake shooters. Milkshake. They were just milkshakes. Yeah. Yeah. You see my you see my com- comedic genius where I knew the the recurring joke already. All right. Uh-huh. That's um, good. That, was that good. means I listened to the show. That's true. Um, all right. Last night I asked Normal, how come you never explain yourself? She sighed, looked a little frightened, Hmm. said, I was about to ask you the same question. Sheesh. the end of that one. Sheesh. Uh, Prop, did you read the audio book to this? I did. I did do the audio book. Good. Okay, here. There's one more I'd love to give you. This is at the end of the book. I often imagine present me being equal parts in awe and irritated by future me. I imagine future me being patient, still enjoying the slight pauses between breaths, consistent, continually asking me the same question. The question I won't understand until I am him. He will sit. We will sit at the close of every day with the eyes of an ocean of contentment. And ask me, as is his custom. So, what have we unlearned today? Y'all ready to? Are y'all ready to sip some coffee in, in a in a room and cry? You know what I'm saying? Because that's that mug got me. If you feel me, like it's beautiful. I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait to get my hands on it and go through it for sure. Feel like real life a TikTok loop Control CV, another Jillian roof Came to the table, willing and able Trying to keep the hood safe, family stable Appeal to your better nature, look inside our faces We are human, we got issues trying to work on those Yes, but why I gotta tell you the sight And the smell of your boot leather, brother, while it's on my neck Spit our blood, spit our pain Our trauma, our desperate tears Screaming at America You know you could be better Do you think about that a lot? Like future me, past me Do you think about that a lot? Because that's beautiful Man yeah, I think uh, in the process of writing, actually, the the the, uh, the pandemic like really kind of hammered that through mm. of like, you know, before that, you know, you're always it's like I felt like especially as, a, as an artist, an independent artist, you're spinning plates all the time. So it's mm. just constant maintenance. So you never mm-hmm. really have a chance to like stop for a second and really evaluate, like, do I really want this plate spinning? You mm. know, is this is this even worth it? You know? So I just kind of sat back and was like, man, like I I'm here at home and I'm like, man, this is the best relationship I've ever had with my children. Mm. You know, I'm usually I'm gone at least once a month. You know, I'm like, this is the most time I've ever spent with my kids. Me and my wife are like 
spending the most time we ever had. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I feel like future me is actually going to like that. Mm-hmm. You know, future future me is like, you just realize like, dog, I was so worried about this gig and the next gig and maybe mm-hmm. not getting the next gig. And just after a while, you just like, dang, 10, 10, 11 years later, it's like, it's fine. The gigs come. Yeah. Like, what is you so worried about? You know? Mm, and so now I'm like, yo, like you need to unlearn some stuff. So that's what I mm. kind of realized. Like as me who loves learning, I'm just insatiably curious. I found that like older me, you know, future me is like more interested in what he's undoing than what mm. he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Man, I'm glad you're doing this project. dude. Yeah. This Thanks is, man. I love the idea of terraform and all the, destruction and loss and pain that so many people have been through, especially in the last few years, but ongoing, you know, kind of building it better from that. Yeah. And the holistic approach too, man. Like, I feel like, you know, obviously it's cool to have like a book component, you know, Derek's doing like audio components. You know, I remember earlier last year, I bought coffee from you. That was like the Terraform blend, Mm -hmm. you know, taking that kind of- Why'd you stop buying it, Jesse? Why'd you just do one? Why didn't you subscribe? Because well, it ran out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, limited. There's no more. Yeah, limited yeah. run. I mean, if you guys know limited where run. I can oh, hustle yeah, some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I have some. Inv- I have an invisible canister where I keep my. Uh, yeah, I'm just sure. keep, keep the terror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's why it's ran out. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, but you know, prob- you know, I creatively, why did you want to take an approach that isn't just you know? There's a lot of stuff that's really straightforward that you you know I can read yeah. a book about you know a specific issue and kind of come away with a certain you know perspective on it but this this project is um you know like i said it's more holistic and kind of multi-sensory yeah. i can read it i can hear it i can taste it like why did you want to take an approach and what do you feel like how do you feel like that sort of enhances as an artist and as a creative and as a thinker what you want to express to the people kind of consuming these ideas man that's a great question dude like i think there's a couple things i think first of all something that's been sort of like a strength and a weakness of my career has been, I just exist in so many different spaces and none of them talk Mm. to each other. Mm. You know, it's always been very difficult for me to get, you know, all these different worlds into one space. You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, my coffee people don't know I do podcasts. My podcast people didn't know I rapped, you know what I'm saying? And just, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then forget about the forget about the conference stuff, the Q conference world and the, you know, and the (laughs) catalyst conference, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm just coming in doing poetry. They think this is the first gig I've ever done. Mm. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So look at this new up and coming artist. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So like it was like I just it was really like taking a, a a page out of like the Marvel universe. You know what I'm saying? Just where it's idea where it's like it's a universe, you know what I'm saying? And um, you need to come into the totality of the space. So it really took a while to like figure out how to say, how do I bring all these parts of me into one place? And just to be more reflective of like how I see the world, period. You know what I'm saying? Like it's I've always like, it's always difficult when people say, yeah, so like, what do you do? You know, I'm like, well, I'm a rapper, but then that's like, I mean, that's, yeah, that's like an it. eighth yeah. of what yeah. it is. You know what I'm saying? Right. But then you don't want to sound all, you know, annoying like the guy on Clubhouse that's like, oh, I'm an artist, I'm an entrepreneur, <laughs> you know, and this when I've been doing marketing for this. You don't want to sound like Derek's on intro on relevant. <laughs> you know what I'm it's just, where you're just like, really, bro? Do you Which really do I all did. that? You know what I'm saying? It's so like, relax, dog. Just pick two things, you know? So 
for me, it's like I wanted to figure out a way to like make the whole thing. Like you said, like, let's carry this whole idea through that. There isn't it isn't like the book. All this is supporting the book or all this is supporting the album or Mm -hmm. the coffee is a supplement to this. Like, no, it's all one sort of planet Mm -hmm. that you're walking into. Uh, And I think, too, a phrase my wife told me from one of the brilliant feminist philosophers she reads that could be anybody, but just smarter than all of us. But one thing she said was uh, that the personal is political, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And that culture can only be as healed as we are. So, Mm. so Mm. when you, so when you think about that, like, you know, we're out here Mm. protesting, a lot of that has to do with what's going on inside of you. If you out here protesting from rage, oftentimes it's because you're not healed inside of you. You know what I'm saying? Um, For a good, and it might be, you might've got it honestly, you know what I'm saying? But taking care of yourself Mm. and holistically, you know what I'm saying, is a part of us seeing systemic change. So, um, so that's why I was like, yo, this coffee, slowing down, enjoying like what's coming from the soil and and taking care of yourself first, you know what I'm saying? Um, Mm. In addition to how you see in the rest of the planet, like all of it, music, you know, art, the podcasting, it's all, it's all one thing and it's all helping us see the world better and making Mm. a better world. So yeah, it's like, it's supposed to be reflective of this whole universe and of what I would hope for all of us. And here's what I love about the the universe as far as the book, the audio, and just the idea of terraforming is it puts the ball in the court, in our court, right? Mm. It's like you have to actively terraform the people. You have to actively terraform the sky, the soil, the the possibility. Like it's, we have to do something. So I feel like oftentimes people of faith, we're just like waiting for that God in the sky to come down and just fix yeah. everything. And it's like, yes, we know that there's going to be redemption from, from mm-hmm. Christ and that he's going to, he's going to make the earth whole, but he's going to make it whole through us. Like it's, it takes yeah. us, he's yeah. using us. Right. And I yeah. love that terraform. Like it really embodies that yeah. message. So. Thanks man. I really wanted to make sure that things were much more, descriptive instead of prescriptive, like in the sense that, like you said, where it's like, I'm not telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, look at this. And there are things that you can do. Yeah. And love it. you tell me, you know what I'm saying? Well, Terraform comes out on Tuesday, June 8th. Uh, yes. The first EP is out now. You can check out Prop's podcast, Hood Politics on iHeartRadio. Uh, yep. He just joined their network. It's really cool. He's doing a lot. If you want to come through the pop-up, it's June 13th at Sub Subculture, right? In Nashville. Yep. Subculture Cafe from... Subculture Cafe in Antioch. Yep. And uh, while you're there, you might you might see Jamie. You'll see Derek. Yep. I'm, coming. If you, I'm coming. Last if you time I was on the cash register, so... If you bring a set of dominoes with you, you might be be popped. Oh, teach me, bro. Teach very me. Beatable. He's very beatable. You might get very beatable. Also, uh, before we move on, I just want to shout out Relevant. You guys were the first person to ever like put a podcast mic in my in my face, and um, so I really appreciate that. You know, I'll always be able to look look at Relevant to be like y'all started me on that on that path. Jesse, I remember the first call when you was like, "Hey, we want to think about giving you a podcast," and I was like. About what? <laughs> Jesse goes, really? We just like what you have, what you think. So it can honestly be about that sort of vote of confidence, I could say, was like a big 
piece of my trajectory. So not only Aww. is Jesse gorgeous, not only gorgeous. is he taller than all of us, not only can he bitch press 400, <laughs> 400 pounds, he also started my podcasting career. Well, when people actually I meet him, it. they're going to be disappointed. Because now they're going to be thinking, like, you're, you're, very average. The bar you're very average. And, <laughs> and Jesse will exceed the bar. But Jesse's yeah. off. Now, I, I, it turns out he's more like a six. Really built up here. Yeah, really setting people yeah. up for disappointment. All right, well, we love you, Prop. Thank you, guys. Love you guys, too, man. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Relevant News. to Pond. The song is America's Cup. Okay, it's time for Relevant News. Please welcome to the show Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee uh, covering what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. Uh, Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. Uh, What is going on this week? We've been in Wyoming, so we have no clue. So we, you know, catch us up. You didn't miss anything. It's, it's been a very boring week. It, it is. It is so. And I'm going to need some assists from from people in here because uh, because a lot of people are going to know more about this world than we're we're going. We're doing another episode where Tyler Huckabee goes to the world of sports to talk mm. about the Sport. the the sporting world. Sport world with sportsmen. Sporty Tyler. Sporty Tyler. Sporty Tyler. Sporty Tyler is his sport world name. The sports with Tyler Huckabee. Sport. With Tyler. Sport, sport world. Tyler Sports Corner. <laughs> Who wants to talk about sport? <laughs> and now, your nightly sport. <laughs> Tyler, what's happening on the basketball court? What's going on with sport today? Sport. <laughs> All right. So, what is going on with sport? Right. What is so, what is, so, what is it? so, the reason we are talking about sports this time is because of a story that I'd imagine most people saw a little bit of over the week. And that's what's happened with Naomi Osaka, the 23 year old tennis superstar. Mm who Mm -hmm. announced on Monday that she's going to be withdrawing from the French Open one day after she was fined $15,000 for not appearing at a press conference due to some concerns she had about her own mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously, the story was around a lot, but just to give a a brief update for anybody like me who doesn't pay a lot of attention usually to the world of sport or tennis. Well, um, and let's be fair, there's not that many paying attention to tennis i mean the nba playoffs yeah, are going tennis. on right now yeah, but, but, she, she, but she is but a very a special yeah she's a very very special athlete well like, it's even yeah. like you don't have to follow golf you know tiger woods yeah. you right, know, right you know yeah. a couple of names she's yeah. one of those names for but, tennis. but she is on deal. pace to be i mean to to be as good as she is at, in at the age that she is uh, you know and, and her yeah. dominant style of play is yeah. you know she she's very very special She's she's risen very quickly mm-hmm. in the in the tennis world, uh, which is kind of why this has become such a a, a red hot uh, topic of conversation and controversy over this uh, over the week we've had here. 
So she announced last week that she would be skipping press conferences in an effort to deal with social anxiety and battles that she's had with depression, which she has uh, had been experiencing uh, during the 2018 U.S. Open. Now, she had a good reason for this. She announced that she wanted to do it. And yet, the heads of the four Grand Slam tournaments, that's the Australian Open, the French Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open, chose to fine her for, and this is a quote, choosing to not honor her media obligations. Uh, as part of the tournament, players are required to meet with media personnel following their match. But Osaka stated that by skipping the press conference, she was trying to exercise self-care while still participating in the tournament. However, the financial risks uh, apparently played a little bit of a role in choosing to remove herself from the French Open altogether. She was very open on social media about the struggles that she's had. Uh, she said she wanted to step away from the tournament altogether so that, quote, everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris. Uh, so that was her goal in dropping out altogether was to take some of the focus off of herself and put it back on the game itself. Now, whether or not the media has uh, has allowed that to happen is kind of up for debate, but that was what she tried to do. And it is part of this broader conversation that we've seen, not just in sports world, but across uh, various uh, with really high players. I think of Prince Harry, you know, this this guy stepped away from arguably the most powerful, influential gig in history to say that he it wasn't good for his mental health, that he he didn't have the he felt like the resources available to him in the palace to take care of his own anxiety and depression, which is as, as he's talked to Oprah about. And now he's actually joined this company in San Francisco called Better Up, which provides development coaching and mental health counseling. And, and Prince Harry works for them now as an employee, which is a very big, obviously career wise, uh, you could say step down. But it shows the way that this generation is prioritizing mental health over these mm. very high paying, extremely high profile gigs, which is interesting. I think this is really great. And I think that she's going to set a precedent because, I mean, I think that anyone who's in this high profile position, especially we see these young athletes. I mean, we just had the, the you know, the NFL draft. And I think about these 22 mm -hmm. year old babies, you know, becoming superstars and getting millions of dollars. And the pressure that they're under is just unimaginable. And I'm not saying that they were wrong for finding her. I think that's a, a nuanced conversation that, that could be changed, you know, but I am like sitting here going, I am so stinking proud of her because she forego like a title, you know, of winning. She forego like money. Mm -hmm. She gave all that up because she knew that she had to take care of herself. And that takes a lot of maturity. And I think, wow, is what I think about that. Yeah. And I think for people that don't have a level of influence and pressure, they think that because you have money, influence, and power, right. that the stakes are lower and that yep. your life is just cushy. You make millions of dollars. What are you what is there to complain for? But it's actually the opposite. The, it's because because you make millions of dollars, now you're not just thinking about your family, but then there's also other families that are that you have to think about and and you're holding up so much, and especially at that age. I think for someone to say, you know what? The title is not as important as my right. mental health. Yeah. I think that that's good. And, I, I and, 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 you know, obviously, you know, she, she counted the cost. She said, yep. either I can continue going down this path and yeah, I may get a title, but what will I be as a person? Yep. Like what, you know, how can I handle it? I, and I think I, I really hate to see some of the comments that people have, you know, yeah. About, oh, I spoiled Brad or, you know, whatever. If I was there, it's like, don't talk about what you would do if you was there because you're not there. You yeah. know, you don't know what you would do if you were there. Yeah. 
So I, I, I saw somebody, some celebrity tweet that like how how interesting that the media is attacking her for saying that I need to distance myself from the media because it affects my mental health. It's like you're proving her point, <laughs> you know, like all exactly. the people are criticizing her. Right. Is like validating that she made the right decision for herself. Yeah. Well, know? and not only that, I mean, it's moves like this that I feel like is going to help culturally for people to see mental health issues the same way they see physical health issue. If there's an athlete out there that, you know, had some sort of, you know, nagging ankle injury, it would be in, it would be ludicrous to insist that that person that that athlete right. do something that could re-aggravate that injury, right? Mm. And when when we look at mental health, you know, I think it's going to take people that are in positions of power and, and that have influence to get, you know, not just like employers out there to say, hey, we mm-hmm. should recognize mental health needs. Like we, you know, no one, no employer would would have a sick someone who is dealing with like a physical illness come into the office. Right. Like if you right, had COVID, but, you wouldn't be coming to the yeah. office. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I think or playing think at, the, at the championship. Yeah. 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 Right. And so I think culturally beyond just, you know, people's professional obligations, but how we see mental illness and mental health, I think seeing it the same way we see physical illness and physical health, I think it is a, is a huge step forward. But the only way we're going to make able to make that leap is for courageous people who have a platform yep. to, to, to be able to, to exercise um, that, that influence in a way that really shifts the conversation. Can I, can I ask a question as a sports dummy for you guys to people who maybe pay attention to this a little bit more every now and then one of these stories of an athlete even a very high performing athlete like naomi standing up and using their platform to raise attention to an issue i know braun has done this a few times i think of colin kaepernick obviously serena has done it too Uh, and it seems like it's always a pretty big tug of war like these big these giant sport conglomerates institutions just don't move very quickly as far as mm-hmm. i can see it seems like it's it's they're very very hesitant to be seen as giving in to athletes does that ever happen like has a has an athlete ever successfully sort of moved the conversation and won a significant battle on this sort of public well, I, relations front i think the nba is proof that an organization can follow the lead of the players especially as it relates to racial justice and yeah, equality issues because the nba said okay in the same era that the nfl was suspending players for kneeling mm-hmm. the nba embraced the leadership of the players in that conversation as it comes to mental health it's more of a it's not as far along uh, like this season in the sure. nba kyrie irving who plays for the brooklyn nets one of the top players in the nba vanished for two or three weeks in the middle of the season and he said it was for mental health reasons and he just like did not play he he didn't show up to the games and he mm-hmm. you know there were pictures of him just being with his family and stuff and, and it was just like huh and it was really the mm-hmm. same thing in a different context it wasn't as um, notable it wasn't a big announcement he just vanished though and it was really he said it was for self-care and stuff mm-hmm. i do i do want to acknowledge though some people may be hearing this news and going well it must be nice it must be nice to have so much money that you can turn down more money, right? And I don't have the luxury. I still got to show off my shift. I don't have the luxury. I have a toxic boss. He affects my mental health. I'm miserable. I can't not go without a paycheck though. And they feel trapped, mm-hmm. right? And they don't have the luxury that these millionaires have, right? But the idea that you aren't trapped, that you can change jobs. Maybe you can't Absolutely. just do away with working. You can make proactive changes for your own sake. 
everybody has that opportunity in America that you can change employment and stuff. And so, you know, I want to acknowledge that, yeah, they have millions and they have this safety net that they can just kind of say, I'm not going to show up for two weeks or whatever. And not everybody has that, but you can and should prioritize your mental health in your vocation, you know, or pick a vocation that fits your mental health better. Yeah, I I would definitely uh, echo that. And I would say that we have to, as Prop said, we have to terraform our perspective of mental health, Mm -hmm. you know, because, yeah, just because our parents and our grandparents and, and those before us didn't really prioritize it, it was just like thug it out. You know what I mean? But think about the cost of that. Think about the traumas that we've endured because our mm. parents, they didn't get a chance to do that. So now that we know that mental health is like, I look back on a lot of these different issues that we would say, you know, especially like in my neighborhood, you know, there were people that were addicted to drugs and different mm. things like that. Now that I understand how mental health is working, I was like, oh, they were medicating right. mental traumas, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we could say, well, get it together, addict, or, or mm-hmm. hey, just thug it out at your job. It's like, no, don't thug it out at your job. Like, if your boss is toxic and if the environment is toxic, like, do what you can to escape that job and get to a place because what's, what's more important to your family than bringing home a paycheck is having mommy and daddy be there and be engaged and and have and 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 be whole. That's way more important than the paycheck. So even if you have to take a pay cut, like we we need you, the person. I don't need your money. I need you, the person. You know. Well, there's a lot more where that came from. Uh, I read Relevant site just to get caught up on all we missed while we were without cell service in Wyoming last week. So thanks for everything you and the team are doing, Tyler. Uh, go check us out at relevantmagazine.com. Follow us on all the socials. Um, all right. And that'll do it for Relevant News. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, everybody. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, it's our quarter life conversation with Dr. Peace Amadi. You don't want to miss it. I thought you said you loved the ocean when we were standing at the shore. You didn't even dip your toes in I can't believe I just took you home I'm roasting, just coasting Good mood Your skin on my skin Posing in a photo booth The scent of vanilla from your shampoo And we move only when we have to You're listening to Easy Life The song is Ocean View Well, if you've been following along for the last couple months, uh, we've been doing a content series called Quarter Life, specifically focused on the issues and topics that you tackle in your 20s. So it's everything from career to faith, relationships, mental health, wellness, and so much more. We've been talking to well-known authors, entrepreneurs, faith leaders, and other influencers and impactful people. We're doing this series to encourage and inspire you to make the most of this season of life. We're doing a new article every Tuesday and Thursday at relevantmagazine.com. Go check out the quarter life section for all the stuff. If you haven't been staying connected with it, it's amazing. Uh, the, the quarter life series is presented by our friends at UHSM. Um, as you're rethinking everything in your 20s, you should rethink your health care as well. You should go check out what UHSM is doing at UHSM.com. It's unbelievable. I actually was telling a friend about it a couple of days ago. Checked it out signed up his family. So, uh, well, this week's quarter life conversation is with Dr. Peace Amadi. She's a professor of psychology. She's an author, speaker, and coach who helps people heal so they can achieve their full potential. She's a new book out called Why Do I Feel Like This? where she 
merges clinical insight and faith inspiration to help people listen to the hidden messages your emotional health is communicating rather than suppressing them. Here's part of our conversation with Dr. Peace Amadi. Something that you write about a little bit is something that I think a lot of us can relate to, where we get into these cycles of bitterness and resentment and guilt and this unwillingness to forgive ourselves. And uh, I know how easily these can become these swamp lands that we get comfortable in and we, we can't even really figure out how to get out of them. As someone who studied this a lot, when we start getting into these toxic, destructive mental health cycles, what's the best way to break those cycles and, and ascend beyond them? I would start, and, and I'm very, I, I mean, when I say this, I would start with first acknowledging what you feel and understanding that there is a reason you feel it. Um, because I think when we try to move too quick to how do I get out of this, we kind of shoot a bunch of darts like everywhere else, but where we need to shoot because we don't understand why we're feeling it in the first place, you know, however toxic it is. I mean, I I talk about envy in the book. I mean, we all know we shouldn't be walking around wanting what everybody else has, but envy is also a very real emotion. And there's a reason if you're struggling with envy that you struggle with envy. And so I think Jesus is a compassionate, forgiving, not overwhelmed by how terrible you are in the moment person. (laughs) And we need to remember that, that we, you know, we can be honest with whatever it is we're feeling, regardless of what we've heard about that feeling, whether it be, yeah, like I said, envy, depression, shame, guilt, whatever the case may be. So start there. What is the feeling? And where do you think that comes from? Like, what, what do you think this is about? I think those two questions, what am I feeling? And what do I think this is about is a great place to start. Because if we can't, dig in to what's creating this, what need is not being met. Um, You know, what trauma is coming back in my life? Where am I being triggered and why am I being triggered? What unresolved issue, you know, is is coming back up right now? If we can't answer those questions, we're not going to get to the end of the journey. Okay. So here's something that I think a lot of people, um, people of faith, have a, a fear when they start looking at counselors and therapists that they're going to get a counselor or a therapist and that person isn't going to understand their spirituality. They're not going to understand their religious beliefs. In your experience, is that something that's important to find in a counselor or or how relatively reassured can we be if we're looking for help when we go to a counselor, a set therapist, a psychologist or whatever, that that person is going to be sensitive to the faith part of our identity? So here's the thing. Our faith is something to be incredibly proud of. It's beautiful. It is our strength. It is our strength. It is, it is, it is our anchor. And that isn't something that you ever need to feel that needs to be minimized or held back when you're seeking any kind of help or support. So I specifically say to people, when you're looking for help, when you're looking for support, when you're looking for a therapist and you're consulting, 
tell them I am a person of faith. My faith is important to me. I see the world through these lens. Is that something that's going to be a problem or is that something we can explore? And nine times out of 10, you're going to get a therapist that is open to that and supportive of that and, um, and will we'll know how to deal with that because guess what? We're, as a mental health professional, we're also trained to take all of a person, all of their worldview, all of what anchors them and to explore how that intersects with their health and healing journey. That was Dr. Peace Amadi. Go read the rest of that conversation. There's so much more over at the quarter life section at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to check out her book, Why Do I Feel Like This? It's available now. All right, well, stay tuned. Up next, we tell you all about the brand new issue of Relevant. You don't want to miss it. Listening to Secret, the song is Mirror. Well, since 2003, every few months, every couple months, we do a thing called a magazine. If you've been following along, uh, you know that at the end of 2019, we put our legacy print edition on hiatus to retool it and rethink about what magazine long form content looked like moving forward for us. Well, last fall in September, we debuted our digital issues. Uh, We were doing bi-monthly digital issues every two months, 10 features. It was uh, online and there you go. Well, our plans have evolved, ladies and gentlemen, and we are very excited for the first time to tell you about the new era of Relevant. What is debuting on Monday is our summer issue. Why summer issue? Because we are evolving to four quarterly editions of the digital magazine. Uh, when we were doing by bi- monthly, it was probably about 10 features in each, nine or 10 features in each edition. Our quarterly edition will have 15, a 50% increase in features. We will have 15 features in each edition. No matter what you like about Relevant, whether it's the faith content, the culture content, the justice content, the life content, there's more of it. That's why we're doing this. The entire issue is presented ad free for free by our friends at UHSM. Uh, so when you go to relevantmagazine.com, you click right there on the magazine tab, you will see on Monday morning, the summer issue of Relevant. And we are going to tell you about it now. So joining us are Relevant's senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. Hey. hey. And, the, and the newest member of the Relevant editorial team, our associate editor, Emily Brown. Hello. Uh, we call her downtown Emily Brown. Downtown Emily Brown. It's not true. This we is Emily's but... first. This is the first the the podcast the podcast listener's first real meeting of Emily. I think right. Unless uh-huh. you've been re- uh, over yeah. at the site, you've probably seen her name pop up a few times. But 
Uh, welcome to the show, Em. Yeah, she's only been with us for a few weeks, and uh, we have big plans for you, podcast listeners, to get to know her. You're going to start hearing her doing more interviews. She'll come on the show more. Um, very excited to have her on our team. Uh, a lot of the social media stuff that you're seeing come from us and uh, is her. Uh, she's a great editor and writer, and we are thrilled to have her. She had her. She jumped right in on this issue, so she'll True. be part of this discussion. And we wanted, uh, yeah, her to join us. So, um, okay. So the big news: the cover of our summer issue is none other than one of our favorite actresses and comedians, Yvonne Orji. Uh, she, mm-hmm. you know, her from the hit HBO show Insecure. She had a big HBO stand-up special uh, this past year. And some really cool things are, are... She's working on some really cool things right now. So she's our cover story. Tyler, tell us a little bit about the Yvonne conversation. Yeah, Yvonne's been on our radar relevant for a while because of... Uh, to find somebody who is who's at this level of her game and also this uh, outspoken about her faith is obviously a line drive for us. Also, was extremely excited to hear that she's working with Oprah and our friend David Oyelowo on a new series about her own life story over at Disney Plus that'll tell her story as a first-generation immigrant. So lots of... It's been cool to see where she's come. Really excited to see where she's going. And she was super open with us about the how she feels like this has been sort of divinely arranged for her. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about this one. I've really loved Insecure since the show started. Um, and Family, so it's been fun. It is a very inappropriate show. How, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how can you love something? How, how does not come you? up in the how does not come up in, in the, the interview? interview. <laughs> in the interview. <laughs> we usually screen these applicants out. <laughs> Rate this show on a scale from one to ten. Oh jeez. Um <laughs> I like the show. I like the show. I'll, I'll change it. Um, I've liked the show from the beginning because it's very funny and it's very witty. And so um, I'm excited for her next steps because um, I feel like the show is going to end in a really good spot. Um, and and it's going to kind of like sum up a lot of kind of her character's journey. Um, so I'm happy with that character ending. And I'm excited to see like what new characters she'll play um, in the future. She's super funny. Um and just seems really cool and down to earth. So yeah. I'm excited for her. I can't and wait to see what Jesus. she does. And loves, loves Jesus, Jesus a lot, which is that, awesome. I mean, a lot. Yeah, it's really, yeah. That's, that's the <laughs> unusual thing. Especially if you saw season one of Insecure, her character is like, wait, that's the Christian? The actual Christian? Yeah, uh, yeah. But there's a lot more in the issue. A quick overview. Here we go. Ready? Uh, on the faith side of things, we talked to some of the most amazing leaders. We have a conversation with Christine Kane who queen. relevant readers know the queen, Christine Kane. <laughs> queen Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah. She talked about just uh, something that I think we've all gone through, which is a really difficult season um, and just a season of drifting and uh, not even knowing that you're drifting from the Lord, but how to fight that way back um, mm. close with the Lord. Um, I think is something that, you know, especially with this last year, all of us have, probably in so many ways we don't even know yet have drifted um, from things that we never thought we would drift from. I mean, I love Christine Kane. So I was yeah. so excited to write this yeah. story because yeah. I mean, she's had an impact in my walk. So for sure cool to write that. All of us. We also talked to the, the she's, if she's the queen, is it, oh, is he the godfather? T.D. Jakes is in the piece um, or in the, the issue. The bishop. Uh, the bishop. There you go. Um, 
you know, one of our faith heroes too. I mean, and, and you know, uh, people have mixed feelings about TD's message, uh, you know, perception. If people don't like listen to his teaching a lot, they can just kind of like dismiss it as prosperity gospel or it's flashy or whatever. But, but TD Jakes is one of those uh, faith leaders that really has substance and, and it's worth listening to. And, and so we talked to him oh, about yeah. actually divisive culture. Uh huh. Yeah. And he, I would say he, I was, I was getting to talk to, to somebody of TD Jake's legacy is, is always like just so cool. Um, and he, he was extremely a, uh, very on the pulse about where he feels like this nation and, and our generation, younger generation, millennials, Gen Z are in particular regarding a, the, a very divisive culture we're in. And I thought that his wisdom about how to overcome that, the, the steps that he feels like we need to take to sort of overcome this divisiveness, not, not the prescription you're used to hearing from a lot of people. He, he has sort of a fresh take on it. Excited to share that one with people for sure. Uh, we have a lot, a lot more. So we, I told you we have 15 features. We're talking about three. Yeah. So we're going to fly yeah, through we these. We can't cover them all. So yeah. we can't cover them all. So we talked to uh, John Acuff, uh, author uh-huh. and, uh, you know, kind of startup of the guy bottom. and impact guy on unlocking your potential uh, mm-hmm. in life, especially in the quarter life, kind of like this reset that we've all gone through. It's our summer issue. So we have our summer reading guide, which is one of our mm-hmm. favorite things to put together every year. So highlighting some of our favorite new book releases, some of our favorite authors. We have some Q and A's with it. Uh, we talked to one of our favorite artists, hip hop artists, show Baraka, but oh, man. we aren't really talking about his new music. This guy is such a thought leader in so many areas. We wanted to kind of go in a different direction with our conversation with show. He's, he's, uh, pursuing a really interesting idea of creativity, not just as a hobby or even as a, as a calling necessarily, but as sort of a tool to fight injustice. And, and I think that that's something that we don't really think about a lot. We think a lot about different ways of resistance, different ways of advocating for people who are on the, the business end of injustice. And he, I love this idea of using your creativity and artistry to combat injustice. We tackle how the church talks about sex and how that approach that we all kind of grew up under has actually harmed women. Emily, this is a piece that you took on. Tell us about it. I think, I think it's going to be eye opening quite honestly for a lot of male readers. I don't think it's going to be that eye opening for a lot of female readers because I think as women read it, they're going to recognize like, Oh yeah, I've had, that's how it's always been talked about in the church. Just um, the way that sex has been talked is very much through a male lens. It's a tough read, but I would really suggest everyone to read it because it's mm-hmm. very important. And it's, it's something that needs to be talked about and needs to be addressed and worked through um, in order for just the health of the church in general to kind of grow and get better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the phenomenon from a couple of years ago, uh, the Preachers and Sneakers Instagram account that kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, highlighted some brow wrinkling aspects of, you know, cool church culture. You know, we talked to the guy behind the account, the mask has come off. He wrote a book and um, we get to talk, uh, you know, not hiding behind the veil of anonymity, but the guy who started it all and his thoughts on, you know, celebrity pastor culture and stuff uh, and, and how the church should be not, not how it, it is. And uh, another thing piece and the justice side of things is we, we tackle the border crisis and the Christian perspective on immigration and what to do about what's happening in America's southern border. 
Yeah, this be, I'm really glad that we're talking about this and this issue. Uh, I, I think that this was a, in, during the previous administration, we, many other organizations were, were very, it was very important to us to raise uh, the, what was happening at the southern border and our responsibility as Christians to continue to be welcoming, to be open, to be gracious with the immigrants who come. And I think that issue has sort of gotten a little bit lost with the new administration, even though it's still very much a thing. There are still more kids coming to the southern border than we know what to do with. And that has resulted in some in some very inhumane and not particularly Christian treatment that they find when they arrive here. So we at Relevant obviously want to continue to talk about how important that is. And I hope that we can be part of uh, motivating the church to continue to talk about that as well. So we mentioned our, you know, we have show Baraka in the issue. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. We also have Cautious Clay. I don't know how, what genre is he? I, he's indie. Can't he's R and B. He's all. I, I don't all R and B. I just wrote a whole piece about him, and I still don't know how to do. It. You, you just got to listen to it. He's great. Indie. I feel like you can say indie, and that like covers. Yeah. That covers yeah. a lot. That's all okay. right. That's anyway, good. here's a little bit of Cautious Clay. We also have okay. Let's go on the other end of the indie spectrum. We talked to William Fitzsimmons, singer, songwriter, folk kind of roots. Yeah, he's yeah, he's folksy. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, he's got the sad, to William songs, Fitzsimmons. sad songs in the woods about girls. You know, sad songs in the woods about girls. That's exactly what it is. All right, here we go. Here's a little William Fitzsimmons. I watched you turn away, but now it seems cliche. Okay, one of the one of the artists that's absolutely blowing up right now in the indie scene, but not just because of her new album, but like a book and other things. I mean, mm-hmm. this is an artist that you're going to hear everywhere from Pitchfork to Relevant to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR. As I'm driving <laughs> Saturday morning a few weeks ago, I couldn't believe it. Uh, we have a feature with Japanese Breakfast. Uh-huh. Here's yeah, she's her new album comes out today, actually. As you all are listening to this, you can go check out Jubilee on Spotify. And should I think it'll be one of the best albums of the year. We also have, I mean, listen, our first cover of our digital issue era last fall had two guys on the cover, Chandler Moore oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and Dante Bo. Uh, Maverick City Music was our very first cover story. Well, Dante has released a solo album. It's excellent. It's different than the Mav City stuff. And so we talked to him about his solo project. Here is a clip of Dante's new music. All right, and last but definitely not least, one of, I mean, this is like one of the all-time Seriously? guys. Like one of the all-time guys. I mean, this guy, okay, this band. I love this guy, yeah. 
This band performed in the Relevant Studio in 2005. Okay. And like we recorded it and stuff for the podcast. And it became a friend over the years. And then mm -hmm. whoever does the music at Grey's Anatomy <laughs> came across their stuff. And if you have watched any Grey's Anatomy in the last decade, you have heard the music of Sleeping at Last. The, that, that pinnacle moment at the end of an episode where it's so yeah. moving and this gorgeous song just wraps it all up. That's Sleeping at Last. It's unbelievable. That's Ryan. So we have, uh, but but Ryan, uh, Sleeping at Last has also been releasing some amazing stuff that's not on Grey's Anatomy. A lot of people know <laughs> the Enneagram Project and stuff like that. Uh -huh. So we talked to him about his new stuff. Yeah, honestly, he's one of the, the I would credit, I think we all have those little things during the pandemic that helped us feel human and alive in the middle of all of that. Sleeping at Last Music definitely did that for me and, and for my mm -hmm. wife. Uh, love getting to talk to him about that. And uh, you'll, I think you'll love to hear his thoughts too. Here's a clip. We are beautiful, we belong. Please hear our So that's the 15 features in the summer issue of Relevant. It is available on Monday morning. If you, you go to relevantmagazine.com, uh, just click on the magazine tab. It's right there. It is presented ad-free and for free because of UHSM. Go thank them by checking out what they're doing. It's amazing. Um, uh, healthcare sharing. Uh, they're just revolutionizing the entire industry over there. Good people. So go check it out. The summer issue of Relevant. Well, many thanks to Prop for joining us today. Go check out his new book, Terraform, when it comes out on Tuesday. It releases June 8th. Um, and also check out his first EP in the Terraform series. You don't want to miss it. It's great. Thanks also to Dr. Peace Amati for joining us for the Quarter Life Conversation. You can go check out her book. It's available right now. And while you're you know, in the Quarter Life frame of mind, head over to relevantmagazine.com. Check out the Quarter Life section presented by UHSM. Uh, while you're there... You can grab our new free ebook. It's called The Quarter Life Handbook. It's a free download. It features amazing insight, practical advice from leaders ranging from Sean Anequist, uh, Christine Kane, Scott Harrison, many others. It's available for free thanks to UHSM. Go do that. Um, and while you're at the site, make sure to go check out the brand new digital edition of Relevant Magazine. 15 amazing features you do not want to miss. Um, it's available for free thanks to UHSM over at relevantmagazine.com. Tell your friends, help us spread the word on social media. We really appreciate it. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. And um, yeehaw! The white delegate, <laughs> Derek Miner. <laughs> we will see you next Friday. Have a great week, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. I just sold some great invisible artwork. Relevant Podcast Network.